Hello and welcome to this edition of Political Profundity with John Guzan and Karen Weil. Hello, Karen, or should I say, may the polls be with you. Good morning, John, and hello to all our listeners out there. We're going to try a few things a little bit new today. We're going to take three topics um, and we're going to spend about five minutes on it and then we're going to add what we've um, titled the 60 Second Six, which is our new shotgun round. And we're going to take six news items and try to talk on them for 60 seconds each. That's for both of us, um, but it should be kind of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to maybe even at some day just doing one word, um, but we'll see. Um, let's jump right in, Karen. Um, our number one topic for today is uh, the healthcare um, revival. Um, I guess we're kind of getting near October, so I guess it's only uh, fitting that uh, this, uh, you know, the death to the Affordable Care Act is coming back like a zombie. Um uh, but Graham Cassidy came up, uh, got out of the grave, and it looks like uh, now it's finally you know going back in. Um, what do you think of this last For week? Now. Yeah, you know it's been kind of crazy this last week. Well, it has. Um, I mean, from the beginning, it just seems like you know Lindsey Graham and Bill Cassidy really just put this together in a piecemeal fashion mm-hmm. uh, with. Just and it was a far harsher version of what they had proposed in July. Not those two; they weren't the authors of the last bill. And then, of course, when you know they lost John McCain, who again said he was going to vote no. John McCain, the Maverick rises. Uh, The the Maverick, yes. Um, (laughs) And then Susan Collins of Maine said she was going to be a no. Rand Paul for for different reasons because Rand Paul's against any kind of government funded (laughs) health care. He was going to vote no. Uh, the person who had voted no last time, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, she'd been on the fence. I, I don't think there's even been a firm decision from her yet, although it doesn't matter now. But right, I suspect she, she would have been a no her. vote, too. But, of course, they were also throwing bribes and incentives at her state <laughs> that basically, oh, it could still carry ACA. Drain I mean, the just, swamp really, by becoming the swamp. Just this guess, sorry? I said drain the swamp by becoming the swamp. <laughs> Well, right, but it just seemed like both these men, and for reasons that I find odd, to say the least, given that neither Lindsey Graham, well, Lindsey Graham especially, and to be fair to Bill Cassidy, he's a doctor, but I, I just don't recall him ever being a particularly important voice on health care, interestingly enough. I, you know, just to wonder if he even sponsored this bill in this shoddy manner. Well, you know, recently, uh, and, he, you know, he, he was the, uh, the Jimmy Kimmel test guy. Um, so, well, that's, you know, maybe, that's right. Thank you for bringing that up. Maybe that's why they brought him out um, for this thing. Who knows? Well, correct. But it just, it just again, this bill reeked of desperation. And speaking of Jimmy Kimmel, he spoke out last week very strongly against this bill. And, and Jimmy Kimmel has an incredible format that a lot of Republicans do not. And given, his, yeah, look, he's a multimillionaire. I'm not, uh, you know, there's no question he's financially fine, but. As you know, as we, a lot of people have heard, he has a son who was born with a serious heart problem, he had a very emotional plea last spring about no family should ever have to go through this, with, and then worry about their health care on top of it, having a sick child. Right. That's terrible enough. Right. But that certainly, I think, motivated a lot of Americans who may not have been as interested in the topic to suddenly think, wait a minute, you know, I... I maybe I should care about this too. 
Sure. So, you know, is is it? it, I think there was a snowball effect here. Then you had enough people calling their senators last week, and then you had demonstrations on Monday at hearings. So all of it, I think, the GOP just decided this just doesn't work it anymore. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think that it's, um, you know— I have been accused of being, you know, a, a homer one way or another. Whether it's the, the sports team I follow or the or the or the politicians I know best, but um, you know, I think one of the biggest things that's being overlooked is the stand that McCain took, and 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 why it's important. Because you know, from a you know uh, amateur historian as I am, because I like to think of myself as a professional journalist and an amateur historian, I guess, but. Is is the fact of why he was coming against it? You know, saying that he, you know, he might have, he might have, you know, come around and supported it if it went through the regular process in the Senate. And I really think it's, it is important because I don't think people understand that that's one of the basis of of why our democracy or our republic um, has been so strong. It's because we've had things like the Senate that took the time to really deliberate what we did. Um, and sometimes it was weird and it was messy, but it, we've been going away from that for a very, very long time. And it, 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 it kind of has reached its crescendo, I think, under, under this fight to kind of, you know, t- you know, take the Affordable Care Act. A lot of people had talked about, well, that's what the Democrats did, but it was completely different. Even, even the quote that they have with Pelosi that, you know, well, you don't know what's in the bill until, until the bill's done. Well, that was because there was being amendments and changes and all that stuff was, happening. I mean, yeah, they were kind of agreeing on some of the framework ahead of time, but it still went through process. It went through committee. It went through the votes. It went through your amendment process. And her comment about how you don't really know what's in it until the bill's final is because they were allowing those amendments and they were allowing regular process to happen. So tweaks happen all the time. And that's part of how you win votes, because then you make an amendment. If enough people say, hey, we should listen to what this person's saying and this amendment, and we should go with that, and they, I'll still vote for it, I can make this amendment. There's this whole process that they're not doing, and, and it's like ruling as a king or as these kind of rubber stamps. That's what, that's what other countries did. It, it wasn't what we did. And, you know, I, I, I think that's being lost a little bit. Um, and to me, it's it's incredibly important for not only now but for the future. And and I think you know that's kind of the you know the takeaway. Now that it's dead, that's the takeaway for me that I hope people don't forget about. Right. I, again, and that was as you said already, John McCain's decision to not vote for this again. There was no regular order, and these guys who were sponsoring seemed to have no interest in making that happen. It was just an extraordinarily bad method from the beginning. I don't, you know, they have this last-minute attempt at a town hall on Monday. Excuse me. I caught a little bit of it, and, you know, it had, of course, Elizabeth Moore and Bernie Sanders against or arguing against it with Graham and and Cassidy. And, you know, clearly Graham and Cassidy just stumbled through that as well. So... I, and, of course, one of the main reasons, let's talk about this briefly, is that they wanted to do this to begin with, is they wanted the tax cuts for their donors, which to your average American just really reeks. You're, you're going to take away my health care for what? So they can have a tax cut? You're not even allowing me to have one? I, yeah. This was all part of it, too. They desperately needed to pass this for the tax cuts, and that's not going to happen now. So, of course, now today... Trump is there, uh, you know, saying they're going to have tax reform, but there's 
there's little doubt that Rakili DCA was part of that. So now they're going to have to find another way for that to get that money. Um, we'll see what they do with that. I'm, I'm just, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what they come up with. Because one thing for sure that I think gets middle-class voters riled up is if you're going to raise their taxes. And at one point, and I don't know where this is, but at one point it was proposed by somebody, I believe, in the Trump administration that people's 401ks get taxed. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Even a lot of Trump voters would say, hey, wait a minute. You're not going after my nest egg. And well, maybe not so. right away because so I, I just, uh, they yeah, seem to I mean, be able to be. It's an insane proposal. Yeah. Well, you know, it seems like if they make certain, um, if they wrap it around the flag, and we'll get to that as our last bit, um, we're going to get to a little discussion on the NFL protests at the end of our uh, our main section here. But if they wrapped it around the flag, um, they might even get some of those Trump supporters to think that, uh, you know, uh, a tax increase on your 401k is a good idea, that only commies don't like it. But who knows? Um, let's move on to um, a natural disaster that's happening um, in Puerto Rico. And yes. You know, it's part of the U.S., not really part of the U.S., um, but regardless. Well, it's the territory. Yeah, regardless, they look to us, uh, uh, to the rest of the United States, uh, the continental United States, uh, and Hawaii and Alaska, I guess even, um, you know, for some support. Um, and it's looking like a long haul there. Um, but it's 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 definitely going to be an uphill battle. Yes. Uh, I, you know, but I, I think especially right now, is the perception that the Trump administration just doesn't care. Now, finally, I guess uh, Trump had made some statements today, which were the usual ridiculous blabber. It's in the middle of an ocean. You can't drive a truck there. No, really? Thanks for telling us that. We all knew that. Um, and, and frankly, we can see what's occupied his mind in the last few days, which we're going to talk about one of those subjects in a bit. But not one tweet earlier about Puerto Rico, other than it was to blame for its own predicament because of the financial crisis, which, yes, there's no question the Puerto Rican government made some mistakes there. But that hardly means people, you know, the country deserved to be flooded and have people have their lives turned upside down and, and die for it. It was an incredibly insensitive statement, uh, one of only how many he makes every day. Uh, I suspect, you know, either John Kelly or somebody told him, you, you know, you need to stop this right now or your approval rating is going to fall even further. So now, reportedly, he's going to go on Tuesday. I have a feeling he's not going to be received very well. And now they're going to start getting aid rolling. They should have done that from the very first moment. And I understand, again, yes, it's an island. Yes, you know, no, you can't drive trucks there. But there should have been an effort. We have something called the Navy, which has ships. Uh, that could have started sailing there, you know, provided the conditions were safe enough. And giving aid, it's a dire situation there. People don't have power, food shortages, there are food shortages. They don't have a lot of access to fresh water right now, among other things. And never mind all the other problems that arise from that, oh, including yeah. lack of medicine and everything else. I mean, it's a total nightmare yeah, that's and, going on there right, right and, now. You're seeing, and interestingly enough, Barack Obama and former presidents are have been stepping up a fundraising effort. Of course, so have many other Americans. Uh, and props to all of them for doing so. But we've had a president who just really didn't care. I seriously doubt he even knew where Puerto Rico was located until somebody told him. Um, so, again, you know, I think the Trump administration 
got fairly good reviews with its handling of the disasters in Houston and in Florida. But that's only because there was already a good FEMA policy in place. It had nothing to do with him. And and, because, and luckily, although there's you know it's going to take months and months for these both those areas to recover, there, it certainly wasn't the the situation we had with Hurricane Katrina and the Bush administration. However, oh, yeah. again, whatever good marks Trump may have received from that, that's gone because of his completely lackadaisical, yeah. stupid response to what's going on in Puerto yeah, Rico. Yeah, well, but you know, Gee, what a shocker. At, yeah, you know, at the same time, you know, when I look at the situation, I say that I mean. T- Part of me understands what's going on, and and I think it's a fundamental, um, you know, lack of ability of 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 Trump, and why, besides all the inflammatory statements, he may or may not be fit, um, and more like he should not, he's not fit to be president. And and if you just oh, let me get for there sure. for a second, it's that you know we had three hurricanes that had done some serious damage to the united states and now its territory in 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 puerto rico so you have harvey you have irma and then you have maria come through and devastate puerto rico and it's last it's out it is out in the middle of the ocean but you yeah. know it's his fundamental <laughs> it is his fundamental inability though i think to either separate politics or not to look to look at the electoral map or to understand that he can say that things are tough and maybe they're having a hard time uh, to 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 helping everyone everywhere, I think is part right. of it. And, and you know, yeah. because the fact that we do have three natural disasters that happened, I mean, Houston is still a disaster area. Um, a vast majority of 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 Florida is still a disaster area and still without power or having to rebuild their infrastructure. And then you have something going on in Puerto Rico, which is just as bad. And when you have those three things happening at the same time, it's not like, you know, Puerto Rico is happening in a vacuum where you still have all those resources. You still have a lot of people in Florida, a lot of people in Texas. And then you have to also have this thing out in the ocean in the middle of nowhere, where if that would have happened first or if it would have happened by itself, you know, it could be somewhere else. But that's where the fundamental, I think, you know, the issue where it worries me about about our current president, whether he's looking at Puerto Rico as, well, they don't have any electoral votes anyway. Um, So, you know, and that's what scares me about it. You know, that's what really scares me about it, that he wouldn't understand to make the right decisions because politically he knows he doesn't want to lose Florida. Um, and, and And that's the important thing to him. And Florida's the one right in the middle, and it's got a lot of devastation. So are people going to ever be out of there and go to Puerto Rico when they could, just because he wants to show even better in Florida? And I, you know, and that's the that's the concern I have with what's going on, and whether that even changed, um, whether he's looking at it that way or not. So that's you know well, the I biggest worry. Wanted, yeah, I want to mention, for example, Oregon, as we know, which had some devastating forest fires recently. Reportedly, and I don't know, maybe this has changed since then, but when the governor first asked the Trump administration for help, she was told, no, think about that. Now, a decent Republican president, John, like John Kasich, for example, they would never act in this manner. Again, who did Oregon vote for? Not Donald Trump. That's become a very blue state, although the inland is not, but the coast certainly is, um, which is much like Washington and California. But nevertheless... It just, just when they flat out was told no. Now, maybe since then, you know, again, somebody whispered in Trump's ear, you idiot, you can't do that. 
So I, I just you're totally right. This guy only cares about states and the base that supports him. He does not give a damn about anyone else, which makes him unfit for this job. Period. Yeah. So, you know, find that he's going to Puerto Rico, find that maybe now they're going to start helping. It's a little too late. And I don't think the people of Puerto Rico are going to forget this anytime soon. Neither are a lot of their family members in this country. And, you know, let's not forget Puerto Rico, you know, the, the people of that country, the people who have lived here have contributed a lot to this country in all facets of its, of its existence. So this is just a disgusting slap in the face to them. Yeah, and it, if you can try to hope that when um, the worst of situations happen, that that there will be some silver lining to them, and that maybe it will cause you know something better to come out of of of, of a bad situation, right? Um, we is, can only hope. I mean, you, these people have been through enough already. And I think and you know those again, two things that, yeah. that that we talked about is the Jones Act, um, which is the fact that yeah. you know there's there's these these high tariffs that of things that come in. They have to go to Jacksonville if they want to be brought in, um, and that it makes it that that food is twice as expensive in in in, in Puerto Rico. And there's also you know a high you know, stipend added or tariffs or taxes added to. Uh, pharmaceuticals and they, they they don't have access to the Canadian pharmaceuticals because the again the Jones Act does foreign goods which is goods not from the United States. Um, I think you know kind of discussing that bringing Puerto Rico up you know I think is is a uh, is you know most Americans don't think about it or don't care and 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 you know it's maybe a time to, that you can have you know shine a spotlight on some of these things that could help overall life there besides the recovery from this 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 uh, hurricane. Um, would be the Jones Act number one and number two is maybe that you know you know Puerto Rico deserves to become a state. Uh, there's been several referendums that have gone on, um, you know, and so uh, the, you know our Congress won't take it up. Uh, it seems like you know the folks there want it, um, and whether again that you know has something to do with uh, uh, you know Republicans not wanting extra senators, which most likely will be Democratic. Or they don't want another electoral votes um, that are going to be, you know, automatically Democratic. Um, you know, who knows? And, you know, I don't I, I don't sit there, but it seems like it's it's definitely coming from the GOP. Um, you know, but those are two points that you hope are the silver lining out of this tragedy. Yeah, right. And again, I again, it, I think when Puerto Rico recovers, it's not going to be because of anything Trump does. Trump does. It's going to be in spite of him. As usual, with almost anything else in this country. Well, talking about a little bit of in spite of him, um, let's uh, let's move on to our third main topic for this edition of Political Profundity. Um, you know, I, it's something that you know, twenty years from now. I mean, I know growing up in the middle in the in the in the mid seventies, uh, early eighties, you know, you heard about uh, those guys in in the late sixties that that raised their their fist, the 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 Black Power salute. Um, and it wasn't done uh, when I was a kid, but you read about it in the history books, and you, you kind of get a feeling that you know, twelve to to, to twenty years from now, they're going to be talking about what happened this weekend. Um, really, you know, when you sometimes when you live in the worst of times, there are also times that will be remembered. Hopefully, when the when the tide turns again, and it really seems like the NFL protests and what happened this weekend with Trump is going to be one of those moments. Historical, um, you know, point of reference for you, Karen. Yes. Well, I mean, you saw, for example, in the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, two Olympians in the moment, I'm sorry, I can't remember their name. They won the gold and silver, respectfully. 
uh, who were African Americans, when they during the ceremony, of course, raised their fists up in a Black Power salute. Um, I'm sure at the time that must have been quite shocking, but it, it made perfect sense for the that era. Uh, you know, 1968 was incredibly turbulent year. The Vietnam War was was becoming a disaster. You had the assassinations of Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy, and the continued civil rights struggles. I, so, again, their their actions were understandable. As we know with Colin Kaepernick since last year, originally his, his knee stance, if you will, had nothing to do with Trump. It had to do with police brutality. Right. Now, so he was already taking a lot of heat from police unions and those who strongly support the police, which we all do, of course. It's just, you know, obviously there's an issue with police killing people, you know, based on very slender, based for very slender reasons sometimes. Right, just um, because people don't want... Where cops are oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 I, you know, just because people don't want um, there to be violence um, by police officers against the people that they're arresting that's unnecessary or even being killed... That doesn't mean that you don't support their general task. Well, that's correct. You said it better than I could. Um, so, and, and you know, little by little, Copernic's, his movement has spread. I, I think, obviously, to me, I'll just boil it down. Trump went to Alabama, right, to speak for <laughs> Luther Strange. What? He knew this would rile up his face, that it would keep them happy when he's sitting there bashing uh, right, right. a football player, specifically an African-American football player. Also, there's another theory that's going around. As you know, Trump started his own football league in the, was it the 90s or the 80s? I forget. I believe he it was, was the 80s. Was I believe it was the 80s. Like most of the things he's done, it didn't work. Reportedly, he had gotten reprimanded by some other owners by it. And this again, this is a guy who ran on a grudge to begin with because Barack Obama made, Barack Obama made him look like the buffoon he is during the 2011 correspondence dinner. Uh, and I think little by little, Trump just thinks he can strike out at everybody and everyone who slighted him. So there's a theory that this might be it, too. And never mind that a lot of NFL owners, team owners, gave him money. Okay, these are right. not liberal people, all right? right? They're people who supported Trump. So now he's pissing them off. When you have Jerry Jones kneeling with his team, <laughs> you know something phenomenal is happening. Because we all know Jerry Jones. He ain't no liberal. And that's, you know, it doesn't matter here or there. He has a right to his political beliefs. But clearly what you're seeing are NFL team owners saying, you know what, you're wrong, and we're going to stand by our players. And another thing, it just to me, there's a twisted idea that Trump has about patriotism and loyalty. And I'm sorry, we still live in a free society. And if people don't want to salute the flag, as offensive as it may be to any of us, they don't have to. Um, and, and Carlin Kaepernick, I don't think was doing this just to be a jerk. He was doing this to make a statement. Now I had mixed emotions about it in the past, uh, but obviously he struck a chord and, you know, I guess one of Trump's people said the other day, he was winning this cultural war. No, he's not. His base of course loves it. The rest of this country, it's not that simple. Yeah, like you said, I think, you know, Kaepernick has now, um, you know, done what he set out to do. And whether he ever plays a game again, it it it, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, people are talking about it. And I think, you know, one of the things that's very interesting is 
you see now, you know, you talked about you, you have people who have had, who have racist um, feelings, um, feeling like they can come out and talk now. Whereas for a, you know, a good 20 years, they try to bottle that stuff up. They'd only say it at home. They wouldn't even say it on social media. They wouldn't do certain things. But now that it's out there, it's like it's it becomes one of those things where you're now starting to have people actually stand up and defend it because they're being called out or they feel like they can. Um, there was a report earlier today that there was a Pennsylvania fire chief who called, um, you know, the the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, who happens to be an African-American guy. Some, yes. you know, he called him the N word, called him something else. Um, you know, it, it. They say it's not about race, but it is because, you know, people find it, um, it's become a, a, a statement to say, hey, pay attention to what's going on. And that when people are against it, then they're really against the ideal. Um, and, I, you know, the, the other part of the silver lining with this thing, I think, is is of, of course what the conversations end up being. And I think people are having better conversations. Yeah, does it divide us? Sure. Is it a way to move forward? Yeah, you don't want to have to move forward that way. And you can also take a lot of steps back because you're doing it. I mean, there's a lot easier way to keep moving forward. We were moving forward just fine for a while. I mean, you know, of course, there's, there, you, know, you know, hopefully it makes it go faster when you have people standing up. Now, if you had Trump you know, supporting it, um, you know, you know, saying I come out and fit in favor of, of, of Kaepernick. Is that going to help anything? No, it's, you know, and so to a certain level, him coming out against things, hopefully will make things get resolved sooner, um, is what you would hope. Um, whether that's going to, you know, happen or not, I don't know. And there might be some people that are hurt in the interim because, you know, people want to react and, 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 you know, kind of lash back, uh, the idea of what even happened in, in St. Louis, I don't know, you know, this is sort of tied to this, but it's tied to my idea of how it's kind of increased tensions. But when people were protesting in the streets there and the St. Louis Police Department were cleaning up or cleaning up the streets, they were, you know, going out and just basically arresting anybody who didn't go home when they said it was time to go home. The police were screaming or chanting, whose streets, our streets, which is the typical chant of the protesters. So, you know, well, it's, it's especially shocking. I, I again, 99 percent of this country supports the efforts that men and women in uniform do. But there's no question there is a problem in terms of this many killings. Now, the police unions and, and the forces themselves can start really thinking about that and looking at ways. How do we reduce them from, from happening? And they have taken some steps. But this attitude that every single person who was shot deserved it, no. And it's why black, there's a Black Lives Matter movement now. It's why Colin Kaepernick is kneeling. It's why a lot of Americans who are white are saying, yes, there's a problem. Yeah, and when it comes and down to, to it. we need to deal with it. And, you know, and I'm I, still respecting those officers. And, and we I, can do that. You know, and I think what the discussion ends up coming down to and boiling down to is finally, you know, at least to me, to a certain level, it's made itself clear. It's... It's the feeling of those who protect in one way or another that they deserve special latitude and they deserve special rights and recognition for what they do. Whereas a lot of regular people, most people think that, 
like things like the the national anthem and all and and some of those other things are 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 really about the rights that we have as people and what we do to make sure that we are free and right and yes we understand that there's police but we are still a community and we can you know police ourselves to a large measure and yes there is a military but you don't hold that above it it was like you know the ideas that of what our country used to be where you know even our revolution um, they didn't like that the, the, the army would quarter themselves and feel that they're superior to regular people. And I think that's what allows some of this violence, um, you know, to happen um, from on the end, you know, the side of the of of police departments. Um, and they're the ones who are supposed to be in the right area, you know, doing the right things, not committing crimes because they're just the police. Um, and it does happen. And I think that that's really what the the debate ends up coming down to is that how you can say, well, I'm a policeman. So if I say you get off the street, I can shoot you. And, 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 and in certain neighborhoods, there's latitudes taken in order to police the community. And the community says, Hey, wait a second, we're the community. And, you know, and, and it comes down to that same idea, whose streets are streets. And that argument is now being waged properly i think and that's and that was one of the things that what the st louis police department said made it clear to me is that you know we're trying to wonder whose streets really are they and we do have we live in a system now where um you know cities and police departments feel like it's their streets and people who live there go no they're ours and 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 that's they're all of ours and that's not just the cops right that's just that's just ludicrous for them to be thinking that and it is unfortunately i I've been thinking about something. I've been watching the Vietnam War miniseries. I'm going to try to articulate this, and I, I may not succeed. So forgive me, everyone. And I say this as somebody whose father was in the military, who had two uncles who fought in World War II, a cousin who fought in Vietnam, an uncle who fought in Korea. And I am deeply proud of all of their efforts. I, I, and, 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 you know, the, and the miniseries, the Ken Burns miniseries, has not gone to this yet, and I'm sure it'll cover it, how soldiers were treated when they came back. And there's no question Americans, I think, were so angry about it, they took it out on them, right. which was wrong. Right. I think what we've gone from, and that, and again, inexcusable for anybody to be called a baby killer or to be mistreated. Completely wrong. Unless they okay? actually did kill but babies. we've gone from that to where you blame the war, not the warrior. All right, fair enough. But that doesn't mean that somehow these people, they're, the word somehow, their word is sacrosanct and they can do, sacrosanct and they can do whatever they want. No, I'm sorry, we're a system of laws here. And that includes for our military and for those who serve every day in their communities. So, you know, unfortunately, I think you're just starting to see this creeping idea that somehow, again, it reflects, unfortunately, who we have as the quote-unquote president, that he is an emperor who is beyond any right. type of reproach. Yeah. And that's just not how it works in this country. No one is. Yeah, and, and you know, and if, if cops do wrong, they need to be held accountable. Yeah, that's yeah. all there is to it. And a, a fair and, hearing, or a trial, or what have you. And a First that's Amendment all. right is for everyone to have their own opinion, even a racist. But the thing is, is that you can't execute that racism if you decide to be in a public setting, like in a police officer. So if you are a racist police officer, it doesn't say, "Well, I'm racist, so I get to kill black people." Or I get to kill Mexicans, or I get to kill, you know, um, Italians or Spanish people just because they don't look like me. Or if I'm, you know, uh, one of the other races against the other races, you can't be that way. That's not freedom of speech, well, right? <laughs> right? Correct, and and that includes white people. I don't know if you heard about this. It was in Huntington Beach the other day. Now an officer shot 
a man who was loitering in front of the 7-Eleven. Now, Sir. the video shows him, yes, try, taking the man's, the cop's ammunition. And the video is quite, it's horrifying to watch. The cop shoots him until he's dead. Right. That's, again, there's, yes, the cop was probably acting according to law. But you just have to wonder, could there not have been another way? This man he shot, I think, was mentally ill, had problems. And, and what sickens me are people who cheer when those things happen, like when they cheer George Zimmerman for being acquitted. Yes, that was the law, and he was acquitted under it. But right. there's no reason to – there's nothing to celebrate here. That's what makes me sick is this bizarre cult around officers sometimes of people who think these things are good. They're not. They may be justified, but it's a tragedy. Right. And I suppose all of the officers, they also realize that. You know, they've had to kill people in the line of duty, but that's still – that's a horrifying thing to live with. So I, yeah. I just, I, you know, we just, we need to start having attitude adjustments about how police do their jobs. They should still be able to do them fully. Yeah. yeah and then, you know, uh, but, but something's got to change. Yeah. And that's why I'm to sorry, me, that's why, got to change. that's why all these things come down to, to the way that we see it. It's and and, or, you know, what's going on as far as, you know, almost the cult of authority figure and, you know, the, Correct. the first responder and, um, you know, and, and how it differentiates them from people who aren't police officers. And, you know, the simple fact of the matter is you can't get there. And, um, you know, you talk to any police officer or you hear anything that happens that says, well, if it's going to be between one of my guys and a citizen, my guys are going to shoot and kill them. And, you know, that's where, you know, you would have a situation where I think the idealized way that a lot of uh, regular citizens think about it or the way that we've kind of, uh, you, you know, made the mythology of what, you know, someone who's willing to do this public service of being a police officer, being a soldier, is that, you know, these things happen, but you're even, you're willing to give your life if that means that it's the right thing to do. Just like a fireman would run into a burning building. Sometimes if you're in a violent situation with a citizen, yeah, policemen are going to be killed, but they're, they're volunteering to be policemen and put their lives on the line for that. And that also means that they could, that they might lose it on a, in a situation that if they wanted to, they probably could just pull out their gun and kill somebody. Um, right. but that's, Again, it's an incredibly tough job. It is why they are revered as they should be right. in our society. But it doesn't but again, change. That doesn't mean they're all above the law. There's exactly. a difference. Or that, that people want to question, you know, and I think that that's part of it or, or who really rules a street, you know, and if you're not causing any damage, why they're going to come through and, and throw you out of somewhere. You know, I mean, the same thing happened in Phoenix. It happened in St. Louis. It happens everywhere else. At the end of protests, they come through and go, look, we're just going to throw you out. And I th it's that same basic attitude and that feeling that if people aren't acting the way certain folks in power want them to, they're going to throw them out. And they, and it's, it goes from traffic stops um, when people get pulled over because of how they look or w the way they're dressed. Because, again, I think our language becomes inefficient sometimes when we want to talk about this stuff because we talk about, you know, racism. And it's not just that. It's prejudice. It's because they look at anybody. They don't care what the color of their face is. If they think they're some sort of hippie or a homeless person or a, a minority they don't like or poor or rich, um, they're judging, they're prejudicing, prejudicing their own beliefs. 
um, when, when, when they're confronting people. And, and that's, I think, what the core of this discussion is, what Kaepernick did, what happened over the weekend in the NFL. I think people just want them to understand it's not necessarily a racist issue, but it is for a lot of those things. And, the, and, and, and that's where I think, you know, the racism comes in is because most of the time when it's police being um, kind of, you know, trampling on your constitutional rights of freedom, it's it, it happens to most people because you have people judging them based upon their race. And so that's why it's at the top of the of, 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 of the point of discussion and why Kaepernick did what he did. But it still happens in a whole bunch of other ways that, you know, are just as important because violence against one is violence against us all as a as a citizenry. So, you know, it, it's good that it's being brought up. It's really sad to have to, you know, go through it in this way and have so many people kind of um, I guess espousing and spewing their racist stuff or their or their patriotism and making it worse, not realizing that you know the Star Spangled Banner is not just about soldiers. Um, and you know we've talked about it on this podcast and others how you know uh, Independence Day and uh, um, is not a, a military holiday per se. Independence Day is about us declaring that we have rights, rights of people. Veterans Day and Memorial Day are specific military holidays which should be observed as such. Um, and, you know, it's, it's again, it's just that bleeding through of the flag that people just don't get it. And then they're willing uh, to trample on people's rights. Um, and the last thing I want to say is one of the most important things I've seen from a lot of folks is Marie Tillman, uh, Pat Tillman's widow, when Trump tried to bring her up and some other people I've seen on social media as former soldiers that say, no, I joined the military so people have that right to protest and they have the right to say what they want. Absolutely. You got anything else on this NFL I thing? Like it. <laughs> again, again, it's, it's, and I doubt, the only thing I'll say, and it's not, I doubt Donald Trump knew who Pat Tillman was until uh, some supporter sent him a tweet about him or something. I, I doubt he even had a clue about Mr. Tillman and the incredible sacrifice uh, that he made. And um, and is why he's revered, not Trump. Trump is not revered. Yeah. But it's just another cheap stunt from a guy who needs to keep this space because that's all he has. Yeah. And again, for you know, for you know, for those of us, and I, I know I've mentioned this to you before. I don't know if I've mentioned it on our podcast before, but you know, Pat Tillman and I graduated the same class at Arizona State University. Um, I had him in a couple classes. We were both liberal arts majors, and uh, even the little bit of exposure I have to him, it makes me really nauseous um, to uh, hear when his name gets brought up by folks that you know that he probably would just be like, "What? <laughs> no way." <laughs> um, Let's go to our fabulous shotgun round for the first time of our the sixty second six. Are we ready? Ding, ding, ding. We need some uh, starting music. All right, let's pause for some sixty the sixty second six promo music. Okay, good enough. Um, <laughs> let's go right into it. Merkel's win. What it means for Germany, U.S., and the world. Go, Karen. Well, I think it shows the Germans are comfortable enough with her leadership, despite what some considered a really bad decision on her part to let so many refugees in in 2015. Uh, Germany still continues to be the economic and political powerhouse of Europe. Uh, I think, of course, now Merkel is going to have to share part power with two parties because her party did not win an outright majority and a very disturbing right-wing party alternative for Germany won some seats. She's not going to work with them. She's going to work with the Greens and, and a Libertarian Party. I forget the exact name. 
Um, I think also it's interesting that she's still regarded by many now as the real leader of the free world, Donald, not Donald Trump. Uh, you know, but she's got she's got a tough road ahead of her in terms of, of forming a real coalition and to make that successful. So although Merkel has surprised, you know, she surprised people throughout her political career of just how steely she is and what a smart deal maker she is. So we'll, we'll see what happens. It, it definitely I all along I did predict predicted she was going to get another term. Yeah. But it's not going to be the smooth. Yeah. Route that she's had before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To stay close to the to to the sixty seconds here, I'm just gonna say, scary um, when there's fascism in the world and you feel like it might be also spreading to Germany. Seeing what happened in their uh, legislature, yeah. um, sure. uh, it's the first time in seventy something years. It seems like uh, it's 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 kind of natural for it. Um, it's very easy for that electorate to go uh, ways we don't want. So hopefully, Miss Merkel can. Uh, do some things. Oh God! I just realized Miss Merkel and 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 uh, that Meghan Markle, who's dating uh, one of the royals. <laughs> uh, that's kind of anyway. Let's <laughs> move on. All right. People. All right. The next in our sixty second six, uh, Gorsuch appearing with McConnell, um, and it seems kind of strange. You got a Supreme Court uh, justice kind of being political. Right. I I just I, I find this highly inappropriate, and I would say that if Ruth Bader Ginsburg had been campaigning with Hillary Clinton. That's just not something a justice should be doing. The reason the Supreme Court is what it is is because it's impartial. Uh, of course, now Neil Gorsuch's mother was Ann Gorsuch Burford, who'd been an EPA chief during the Reagan administration. She had to resign. Uh, I believe I forget the kind of scandal, but it was something about how she was handling the department. This is just not – this is unseemly. And I think another example, sadly, of how norms are eroding under Donald Trump. I, you know, it's a shame Neil Gorsuch is off to this kind of start because it's – it's just not a good thing for his legacy. Yeah, you know, uh, you're the new guy and you're trying to uh, change things. Um, I don't like it. Um, it just shows just how 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 political everything's gotten. Again, I'll go back to my John McCain statement. You know, we got to you know realize that our, like Jefferson said, our every democracy is only as strong as the generation that's uh, executing it. And uh, this last one has been pretty bad, I think, to let so many things just go by the wayside that are very important. Um, anyway, um, let's move on to the next one. Um, whether you want to say it, Wiener, Weiner, or Wainer, he's going <laughs> to jail. Wiener. Oh, boy. He's going, the Weiner with a Wiener is going way ner away. Um, okay. Um, 21 months. Went over the edge for me when he um, was semi-erect with a young boy in a bed and sending it on Twitter. Oh, um, you know, poor, you know, I mean, you know, you think happens probably horribly enough to too many wives out there. But when you're in the political sphere, you know, poor Huma Abedin, I, 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 you know, I don't even know her. I don't even know if she's a nice person, but I still feel sorry for her because of the uh, louse that she married. Um, anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> I look. He he's got a problem, and he was convicted send, for. A hey, he's got for, a sexual problem. Let's send him to jail. <laughs> well, again, he broke laws. He was uh, approaching a minor. I know, but still. And and of course, let's not forget the issue with him eventually led to an FBI investigation that connected it to Hillary Clinton, although she had nothing to do His laptop. with Anthony Weiner's bad behavior. His laptop gets chuckle. so many people in trouble. That, <laughs> his literal so that was all, his laptop computer and his literal laptop get all kinds of people in trouble. 
Right, and that ended up with Comey having to make the announcement he did right around Halloween that cost her too many votes. It cost her the election. Uh, that was one of the reasons. So there are a lot of Democrats who are just saying, good, karma's a fierce mistress. And then, look, Wiener is a creep. I have no sympathy for him. Uh, you know, perhaps he'll get the help he needs, but he's a sick guy and good riddance to him. Yeah, my last little point is no wonder why he was considered a, a lock to, to win the mayorship in New York City at one point, because he's kind of creepy. Um, all right. Um, let, yeah, apologies to anyone in New York City who took offense to that. Um, number, uh, the next one in the 60 second six, which we're making a laughing stock of 60 seconds, but that's okay. Um, North Korea and our buddy Kim Jong Un, or the, you know, the, the, the guy with the most stylish glasses collection in the world. Um, is he going to launch nuclear hell on anybody? Well, look, this country has been playing this game with North Korea for, what, 50-plus years? Yeah. We've 60. always been able to contain it because of our troops on the DMZ and our strong alliance with South Korea. But there's no question, for what, and again, because it is the hermit kingdom, nobody really understands what is in Kim Jong-un's head. Maybe we don't want to know. I suspect, obviously, he's testing Trump for a myriad of reasons. And again, the problem is we have somebody at the helm of our government who is not stable and has childlike impulses. So it does make it more dangerous. I'm, I'm, again, I'm hoping, to quote the New York Post, cooler heads prevail here. I'm hoping perhaps China, which is now going to be putting some sanctions on North Korea, according to news reports, because North Korea has long been sort of a an indir very indirect puppet state of China, that perhaps that country is the one that keeps Kim Jong-un under control. But the, again, problem here is Donald Trump and, and what he may or may not do and the kind of noise he makes. Of course, again, to divert attention from his greater problems, which are still, sorry, Trumpers, our Russiagate, it's not going away. Um, um, you know, and, and you know, so it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an unsettling situation. I know people who never cared about any of this who said, I've had nightmares about nuclear war. I'm nervous about it. And these are people who never responded in this manner. So people are on edge and for understandable reasons. Again, we have, we have two, and I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I'm going to call Trump just two bad actors involved here. And that's, and that, and that's where I am with it is, uh, you have, um, Every every president um, besides, you know, like Obama and Carter, I think they really tried to kind of stay away from the big bad guy that they had to, you know, uh, gear up all this military stuff for. Um, and I think North Korea is just the target. I, I, I don't think anything is going to happen. I don't think anybody should be worried. Um, right. you know, ultimately, when it comes down to it, um, there's no way that North Korea can win anything. Um, so. No. Um, and, and not even a nuclear, you know, bomb that they try to send over here. I, I think it's just more, you know, North Korea, they need the big bad boogeyman in order to keep all those people in line. And it's just what they're used to. And, 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 and frankly, who can Trump really make the big bad boogeyman besides King Jong-un? So um, I'm not worried about it. But at the same time, I think it's embarrassing. I think it, 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 it does put us on the precipice of making an accident happen. And, um, and the, and that and that and that's what scares me about it. But I think literally, I'm not worried about it. Um, all right, we spent like two minutes on that one. That's a, that's 120 seconds six. No, uh, Facebook in the 2016 election. My real quick take is 
golly, about time people realize Facebook just makes people stupider. Um, hopefully they're trying to fix it. I don't think anything is going to be able to fix Facebook. Um, it just, you know, is a, is a sounding chamber for your own, your own point of view. Um, it does nothing but make, uh, you know, uninformed people more uninformed. Um, and hopefully it's a little bit of backlash. People get off it and start picking up the phone again and, 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 and being human beings. Yeah. I, I, again, I, 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 I've told people this for years, just because something is online doesn't mean it's true. And that, I mean, even newspaper reports, when you read them, I mean, you take them at face value and it may very well turn out that that information is accurate. But it's, it's a matter of people reading legitimate sources of news, be it, you know, from the New York Times or the Washington Post or your local community newspaper, like the one we both worked at not so long ago. Uh, and watching the PBS NewsHour, for example, not just a, a full diet of cable news. And so it, it, just, it, it just was astonishing to me to observe this last year, people posting all kinds of stuff from you know, somewhat shady news, quote-unquote news sites, and I would say, you know, you just don't know if that's true. There's been absolutely nothing to back that up. So that Facebook is cooperating, fine. Um, I guess we'll have to see what further information comes from the investigation. But just this is a sobering lesson for everyone. Yeah, the last thing, they're talking about, you know, all the ads they turned over. But even more so is right. just the posts that people are making, and you can't stop that in the in the in the uh, infrastructure of Facebook. So you're always going to have people if they don't want to advertise, if they just build up biggest big enough networks, and they're already tied into it. That's the hard part. Is unless you deauthorize people's accounts at this point, they've already made those connections. They're already part of discussion groups and all the rest of it that just allows Facebook to operate. Those ads are just the small part. That's why they only spent a hundred thousand dollars on it because mostly. It's free, except for the money that they're paying these people to sit wherever they are and do it. And, and that's, the, you know, that's the real scary part. They don't have to pay Facebook. Um, you would have to pay to get ads in the New York Times or in your local newspapers. If you think what happened 40 years ago, 50 years ago, you would have to call every community newspaper to make sure that people got it because not everyone got these large newspapers. There's no way to get a New York Times that day. Um, so you were depending right. on these small newspapers. It's totally changed the complexity um, and, and, and the detail of being able to try to influence an election. And Facebook, by its very nature, I think, is, you know, it, 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 it had to plateau and go down. And, and hopefully this is the point where people realize you can't have it like that. You have to have your relationships. There's nothing open enough that's going to allow it to happen. And, and it's, again, I don't think the government should shut anything down because I don't, I don't believe that either. But we need an informed electorate and an informed citizenry. So, um, yeah. like you said, I'm I'm still on your bandwagon. You need to be informed, and Facebook isn't the place to do it. Um, your networks have to be a lot smaller um, in order for it to be proper. Right. Anyway, um, end of the world, not. Um, we didn't, you know, whether people don't know this, I'm saying this tongue in cheek, of course, but whether they know it or not, we didn't plan this podcast until Sunday and Monday because we just thought maybe the world was going to end. No, um, there was a lot of talk. Some people, the same people that probably believe fake news and that there was a pedophile ring being run out of a pizza place in Washington, D.C. Um, they also believed that the end of the world was going to happen this weekend. Um, and now the guy who predicted the doomsday date has moved on to something else. Um, Karen, will this ever stop? <laughs> uh, 
or I, you know, you saw the story, and I, uh, how many times is this predi- predicted by a so-called uh, religious soothsayer? I, you know, it was, I posted on my Facebook page that it's time to blow through the 401k now. Yeah. You know, we're all going to die on Saturday. Uh, that didn't come to pass. Um, there was, look, throughout history, there have been people who've made these ludicrous predictions. Uh, and look, I doubt no anybody who was mentally competent believed one word of it. Um, I, you know, there are, I, I, there are just other reasons I think people are nervous about our existence on this planet, but some guy making some ludicrous prediction that it's all going to end on Saturday, it, it's good for a laugh, albeit a somewhat uh, bittersweet one. Uh, I, yeah, Twelve, I think five years ago, a guy predicted. I think it was along the weekend of the Kentucky Derby that we were all going to, you know, go join the afterlife. That didn't come to pass either. Yeah, and I, you know, we I, do have serious threats to our existence, but these guys are not it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you, you when you know that these things can still be believed enough that 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 people are doing that or really are believing it, um, it makes you not be so surprised what happens politically. So that's all I got right. on that one. Anyway, Karen, hey, that was fun. I really liked the shotgun round. Although I think, you know, I think I think naturally we know that the world's not so nuanced to get it into 60 seconds, so we'll stretch it. But I think we did good trying to keep it uh, succinct. Yeah, and I apologize for having interrupted you a few times, and I apologize to the out there for that. You know, I wonder if they're ever going to um, really, you know, come down on us. I don't think we ever need to apologize. I think they appreciate it. anyway Karen thank you thanks for talking thank everybody out there for listening come back next time I know we're gonna we have a uh, sports podcast with Wayne coming up but I think that we maybe we're gonna get the BFC the Bitches Food Club to come in and do one I'm not sure yet I think we're still trying to work that out but uh, then Wayne and I are following up after that Karen and I will come with any specials if anything big happens like the end of the world or if uh, I don't know we change presidents we will be there for you. Uh, thanks again, Karen. Thank you, and just enjoy your week, everybody, and stay safe out there. And hey. God bless all the people helping Puerto Rico and our troops and the men and women in blue who patrol our streets every day. We know it's a tough job. Oh, yeah. And for now, for my new uh, sign-off catchphrase, hopefully, may the polls be with you. We'll see if it works. <laughs> we'll see you Amen. next time. Bye.